Welcome to another episode of Bible Conversations. Today, we're going to be talking about children's education with Angela Robinson. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, today we have a, a special guest, my favorite mother-in-law, um, and, and just excited to talk about this. You know, I had actually extended the offer uh, to our guest speaker tonight, uh, Mr. Yeah. Michael Robinson, or as we sometimes like to call him, Mr. Mitel, and uh, he politely declined. Uh, I think he's focusing on his lesson and... Um, you know, he, he didn't want our thoughts interrupting his thoughts I think and, and I, ruining a good lesson. That's yeah. right, yeah. <laughs> um, and and I, I know he's going to give a good lesson, excited about it. But uh, as we presented the idea, you heard it and you said, hey, I can do that. Absolutely. I am passionate about Bible class and studying with our children. So this is a topic that's very near and dear to my heart. Yeah. Well, and you've been doing, you've been teaching Bible class now for... 10, Decade 15, plus. 20. <laughs> yes. Yes. A long time. How long and have you been out of high school? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a secret. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, that's how long you've been teaching. <laughs> yeah. About that long. Yeah. And, um, you know, you, you've got two daughters, uh, twins, one of which I am very luckily married to. And, um, you know, I, they, they grew up learning from both you and from Michael. And, you know, it's, it's apparent and it's evident the importance that both of y'all have placed on the Bible, on the authority of Scripture, on the necessity of understanding God's Word. And so I'm hoping that as we talk today, you can kind of share a little bit of that passion, a little bit of your understanding on how to teach kids, maybe resources that you can give to parents who are listening, or just any words of wisdom, maybe some funny stories. I'd imagine you've got a few uh, and if you embarrass Alyssa along the way, I'm sure she won't mind too much. But. Oh, there are always funny stories when you come out of Bible class yeah. every single week. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I guess go ahead and, and start talking with us about well, why you're so passionate about One it. of the things I'm really passionate about is because really it's a directive from God and from Jesus himself to teach. Mm-hmm. So it's not an optional matter. We need to be teaching because that's how... We grow. That's how we evangelize. That's how yeah. we express and show our love to God really is through teaching others. And it can be as simple as your child, another child. It can be another adult. There's so many different varieties. It, a lot of times when we think about teaching, we think about maybe the preacher yeah. up in the pulpit. But that's not the only way that we teach. And there's I don't know how many preachers wouldn't be in that pulpit without if their... If they weren't first taught, right? If they weren't first taught in maybe those lower grades and how much information those kids really learn. Oh, man, I, I can't even begin to uh, describe all of the stuff that I've learned from Bible school teachers when I was growing up. Um, so there's some that really stick in my mind uh, just from certain memories over the years. But one that always sticks out and I've referenced a couple of times here on this podcast is Miss Smith. Uh, she taught my fifth grade class and... Um, the reason I can even know how to turn to which books in the Bible is because of her. Um, it's incredible that the amount of things that kids are able to absorb, they're like little sponges. And so that's why teaching is so important because they're going to absorb something. It's either going to be from the world or it's going to be from God's word. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I didn't grow up with really going to Bible class, you know, for a decent portion of my life. I would kind of go sometimes on Sunday 
but then once I got into tennis, I mean, from the age of 12 up until age 20, I didn't really step foot in a church, much less a Bible class. And, uh, and, and so I have learned the importance of Bible class through the teaching of it and through the equipping of other teachers and through stories like Dylan has shared, which you're going to share, that Alyssa has shared, that, you know, just it shows the impact that Bible class has on these kids. Yeah, and not only the kids, as a Bible class teacher, you get so much out of it, even more, because you enhance your own study as you're looking at these stories. And the, and that's one of the things I tell my kids. We call them Bible stories, but they're really Bible facts. Yeah. And so we try to, you know, this is not a fairy tale. This is yep. the truth of God's word. So that's one of the things, even I've been teaching first and second grade for well over a decade now. And that's one of the things, the fundamental things that we try to teach them is mm-hmm. it's not a story. Yeah. There's bedtime stories, which are fairy tales, but the Bible is true and real yeah. and you can grasp onto that and hold on to that. So even as a young age, we try to start doing those types of things. Yeah. Having the understanding of, uh, the accounts that we read in scripture being real historical accounts and not just made up stories like Jack and the Beanstalk or, or fun things like that. Um, yeah, sorry, that's not real. Chris. Jack and the Beanstalk. Yeah. <laughs> um, but having the understanding that, uh, that David was a real person who mm-hmm. threw a real stone through his slingshot that hit another real person, Goliath in the head and, and understanding that these real stories that seem so out of this world are out of this world because our God is out of this world. Oh, absolutely. And one of my favorite verses is Proverbs 22, 6. I mean, Mm -hmm. it is just apropos for every Bible class teacher, train up a child in the way that he should go. And even when he's old, he will not depart from it. So those are one of the things that we take comfort as parents, as Bible class teachers, as we watch those kids grow up. I've had kids that are now graduating and graduated that I've taught in the lower grades, which, you know, makes me tear up just a little bit, but still, and how faithful they are. And to know that you know, you're a small part of that, but you are a part of that yeah. building of that faith is well, amazing. Yeah. And as you talk about building, it reminds me of Matthew chapter 7. So starting at verse 24, it says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And, you know, it goes on to talk about the foolish man yeah. and the house on the sand. And, you know, we, we start young. Because that's, as you said, that's when they're sponges, right? Mm-hmm. That's when they're so malleable. As we get older, we become less malleable. We, we, we're set in our ways. We don't like to change. <laughs> we like to do things the way that we've always done things, and there's no other way to do them. And if you tell me different, you're wrong, right? Like, that's how we are. But kids, they're, they're, they're so quick to be able to adjust and to adapt and to change. And so we, we teach them this foundation so that it is something that is unmovable, so that it is something that does not change. Because if they hear one thing from us and the next day something from somebody else and the next day something from something else, there's no telling which one of those they're going to hold on to. But if they're consistently told the truth and they're consistently taught, not just on Sunday mornings, not just on Wednesday nights, but Monday through Sunday, that's where that foundation is really set. Oh, absolutely. And I think Bible class teachers can play a big part of that. And really, you know, when we're talking about some of the things that really good teachers do, 
there's a couple of things that I do in my class. One of the things is you've got to have application to each lesson. So what do I do? Even as a first grader, what do I take away and do from that? So there, there's always the application part of that. And, you know, we promote opening their Bibles so that they understand as they're starting to read, they're starting to comprehend those words that they really, the first time, it's amazing. The first time you see those kids opening up their Bible and reading verses for themselves, and then they get this aha moment Mm -hmm. and you You see, see you see that (laughs) light bulb, you see their face light up, you see that understanding start to wash over them. And it is amazing to watch. Yeah. Um, you know, I want to take us back real quick to Proverbs 22, 6. And then I know you have a lot of other verses you wanted to share with us. Um, but, uh, that, that verse, which is so well known and is so powerful, train up a child in the way he should go. Um, I was actually doing some more study into that recently. And, um, one of the things I found is in the Hebrew language, the mentality behind train up a child is not just like discipline a child, not just ingrain into a child the, the rules and the, the facts you want them to know, but instead develop within the child a hunger and a thirst for righteousness, a hunger and a thirst for God. And that's why they're not going to depart from it. Because once you have a, a taste and once you've Psalm 34 tasted and seen <laughs> that the Lord is good, then you're not going to, going to depart from from that. And so it's developing that thirst for God within a child that I, I think is so powerful and um, is different than than a, oh, I got to ingrain uh, rules and laws into this, into this child. Yeah. And that's like that light bulb moment when they start yes. reading it for themselves and they start understanding what it says. They get that light, that mm-hmm. fire within them, and they want to go and they want to talk more about it, yeah. which is amazing. Yeah, it's a good feeling when you're studying with somebody, regardless of how old they are, mm-hmm. and they want to know more. They yeah. ask questions. They're, they're, they're. I don't tell me more about this. That that's such a good feeling. Oh, it is. It is. And in one of my Bible classes, one of the favorite things that we study really is we study the life of Moses. Mm. And, oh, it is so rich and it's so filled with things. I mean, if we talk about the plagues, but we go a little bit deeper, what do those plagues represent? What does that mean? Oh, God's more powerful than the Egyptian God Mm -hmm. of. And you start feeding those things in. And the whole idea and the premise behind it is my God is bigger stronger, more powerful than anything around. And that gives them such a light and such a confidence when they're finished with that particular study that they want to go tell somebody else about it. Yeah. 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 Well, and that's really the goal. Um, Like not always immediately are we expecting first and second graders to go out and tell all of their friends, but and some do, and that's amazing. But the goal is to develop that within uh, each person. And as they grow, they will continue to, to share what they know Uh, that fire within them that you talk about continues to to be kindled and they continue to grow with it. Absolutely. Fire spreads. Fire spreads for sure. And right now in uh, our class, we're studying the life of Jesus, which is an amazing thing. And the kids are learning about the miracles. And we're also studying some of the parables. We just did the parable of the sower. And 
for them to truly understand when I hold up a little seed, mm-hmm. that that seed is the word of God. And that can be planted in my heart. And I have choices about my heart. Yep. Those things, you know, as a first and second grade, they don't understand everything. And I get that. But they understand a whole lot more that God is important. God's word is important. And I want to be the good. Yeah. They can understand those those basic principles. Oh, yeah. The, again, the foundations of faith. Well, and what's so important about that is their those their stories like that and, and helping mm-hmm. them understand about their own heart. And But along the way, they're learning the, the seed is the word of God. Yep. And that will help them also as they grow and start to read uh, letters from Paul. As he said, I watered, uh, I, I planted, Apollos watered. And, and then starting to see, wait, I see what's happening within scripture that it's all connected and and it, it's the foundation that you're talking about, Chris. Um, and it just gets built upon and built upon as we go from there. You know, I, I know so many folks that have been Christians for years and years, and yet they always say, I'm still learning. I'm, I'm continuing to learn. It's continuing to build upon the foundation and then continuing to, to build another story on the house that was that the first story was built and, and continuing to grow from that. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't want Bible class teachers to be afraid of the big words. Yeah. Like, just last Wednesday when we were teaching class, repentance came up. Mm. Oh, that's a big word for a six, seven-year-old. That, oh, yeah. That's a big word. So what do you do as a teacher of that age to figure it out? Well, I get one of my students up and we start walking and we say, I'm doing what's wrong. I'm sinning. I'm sinning. And we stop and we say, I'm not going to sin anymore. I want to repent. And we turn around. We physically do this in class. Mm-hmm. And we turn around and we say, I'm going to walk in the light. I'm going to do what's right. So for a somebody that's so young, one of the tips I want to give teachers is act it out. Yeah. Vis- show, those show those visuals. Show the physicality of what the meaning of mm-hmm. repentance is. Big word, right, for a seven-year-old. But you can ask those seven-year-olds that said, well, what does repentance what does it mean? Well, it means you're walking, you're doing what's wrong, and we turn around and we do what's right. They mm-hmm. understand that. And yeah. then you can build upon that as they get older and they grow and they learn. So yeah. one of the tips I would give Bible class teachers is don't be afraid to let your kids get up out of the seat. Yeah. Get up out of the seat. Do some of those things that are physical yeah. and Act out the stories that you have because that's what they're going to remember. You probably have some great memories of those growing up. Oh, absolutely. I I remember when I was in second grade one year, um, my Bible class teacher actually took us on a field trip around the auditorium. And it kind of felt weird. I was like, I'm not supposed to be walking in these halls during Bible class. Like, this is against the rules. But our Bible class teacher took my entire class on a field trip. And um, I can't even remember the purpose of it. Uh, I remember we had gone down to the kitchen. uh, I think she was, what it was, was the, teaching us about uh, the the Lord's Supper when mm-hmm. Jesus was instituting that, because I remember we were eating bread down in the kitchen. Um, and so yep. I believe that that was the purpose, was uh, was uh, to teach us about that. But in order to help us remember it and think back to that, we actually took a field trip down to the church kitchen. Hey, uh, kids love food. Yeah. They, re- they remember <laughs> that. We did the parable of the prodigal son along with that repentance lesson, and I had a little trough there of veggies which yeah. were in the feed trough. And so they got to eat out of the feed trough. And, you know, that's not the chocolate or anything they want. They didn't like the spinach and the kale or things, yeah. but they understand now 
what those types of things mean. And that's what they remember. Yeah, and I'm sure that really like stuck in their brains too because they're thinking, oh, the prodigal son, like his life was so messed up and now we're having to eat this bad food. That <laughs> yeah. <you guys> <laughs> yeah, and did then... You, did you kill the fattened calf for him? <laughs> we did not, but we definitely talked about the fatted calf because we would prefer chocolate over, yeah. <laughs> you know, a, a beef at that point in time. But as teachers, those kinds of things are really, really important. Promoting... Bible study, you know, go a little deeper. And a, another thing as a teacher that I tried to do is I really try to promote or give some kind of material so that the conversation continues at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, like you said, it doesn't stop at Bible class. So give the parents some kind of tool because how many times, I don't know how many parents have asked or you've been asked, what did you study at Bible class? I don't know. But they have their memory verse there. Oh, well, let me see your memory verse. Oh, I remember this verse. Looks like you were studying about. And that gives the tools to the parents to carry that conversation along. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of, I say, I'm quote unquote the mean Bible class teacher. I give homework. Oh, really? <gasps> I give homework. But I write a letter to the parents and they understand the reason for the homework is for them to continue the conversation, mm-hmm. continue the learning at home. Yeah. So that that's just one of the tips and tools that I use yeah. as a Bible class teacher. Well, and sometimes the influence that a Bible class teacher has on a student or on a child might be the only biblical influence that child sees all week long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the importance then of making a lasting impact and saying, hey, this is about more than just Sunday and Wednesday. This is about your whole life. Mm-hmm. And so when you go home and, and, and you do this homework, it's it's to help you. It's to benefit you. It's for the rest of your life. It's not just because mean Miss Angela wants to give you work. It's because nice Miss Angela wants to help you, right? Yeah. And, and I think it's important to... If, if not for the kids, for the parents to understand that. Absolutely. And by the way, they get a prize if they do the homework. Oh, there you so, go. Nice. You know. <laughs> nice. Is, that, is it chocolate? It is sometimes chocolate, but they have a whole prize bucket that they can fill in. And oh, again, those are the best. It's not expensive. So yeah. I don't want any Bible class teacher to think, well, I can't do that because it's expensive. Yeah. Some of those are like McDonald's toys that maybe somebody didn't want. Yeah. Some of them are just things from Dollar Tree when things go on sale. You know, I'm really bad about hitting the Dollar Tree at certain <laughs> times of the year. But those are kinds of things that you just pick up through the years and you put them in your prize bucket. And yep. it's something small. but. Yep. To the kid, that's everything. Yeah, it's a huge reward, yeah. Now, uh, Chris, you kind of mentioned on uh, this, it's kind of spurred my thoughts, but um, but sometimes Bible class is the only time that uh, those kids will get any Bible. And that really made me think about the, the kids who come with their church friends, mm-hmm. uh, who don't have parents that are going to take them to church, that, mm-hmm. um, that don't have any kind of... Um, a biblical impact in their life outside of, of Sunday morning. And that's when it becomes so much more beneficial um, to not only be teaching, but to be building relationships with those kids so that those kids know this is somebody that I can trust. This is yes. somebody that I can come to and learn from. Oh, absolutely. One of the major points is you must show the kids how much you care about them. Yeah. Greet them when they come in. Say, hey, I'm glad you're here today. Or, oh, you brought your friend. What's your friend's name? Make sure you call them by name. Make sure they feel welcome. Make sure they feel happy to be there. 
I mean, we all get in moods, right? Mm -hmm. Kids do too. They've had a hard day. They've been swimming. But when they enter that class, if you have a smile on your face, you're excited about the class. It's contagious. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, it makes a big difference. Well, before we close up, is there anything else that you would like to share? Any thoughts, words of wisdom, anything? Bible class teachers, I just want you to know there are resources out there to help you. You're not alone. More than likely, your church has a workroom or a teacher's supply room. Please ask around. I don't know how many teachers I've had uh, when I was su- when I supervised that said, I didn't even know we had a teacher's workroom. <laughs> really? It exists. Yeah. Ask about it. There are online resources. I will give a shout out to Debbie Jackson for Bible Fund for Kids. Yeah. It is an amazing resource. Um, we will make sure to post that link in our in our description. She's amazing. You can get a lot of great visuals from Sweet uh, Publishing. They're free. They're biblically accurate as much as they can get. Visuals that you can do. Oh, my goodness. Apologetics Press has some amazing videos, yeah. teaching magazines, curriculum. Yeah. So don't think you're alone. Mm-hmm. You can find resources. Find an old teacher like me. Tap them on the shoulder and say, hey, what do you do? We'd be happy to tell you. We'd sit down with you. We'll help you go through the room. There's somebody there to help you. I don't want you to feel alone or don't feel like you can't do it because there are lots of people that want to help. And I would say to go along with that, you're really encouraging the the new teachers, the young teachers. Um, I would say for those teachers that feel like they're they're not doing enough, that they want to be doing more, that... um, that be a champion for your church and take control of that teacher's workroom. Um, Be the type of person in your congregation that other teachers can turn to and can come to with questions, ask you for help, and, and be that person that really inspires other people to be teachers as well. Because I know there's tons of Bible class teachers that have been doing it for years that that are professionals at it. And sometimes they get into feeling like, like, am I doing enough? That that it, Can I be doing more? Um, you can always be doing more. Uh, just take it upon yourself. Be, become the champion and, and help others along the way as well. That's what it is. Older, teaching the younger. Exactly. And that doesn't matter what your age. Yep. It's still a biblical principle. And it's something that we, those that are passionate about it, please, all you got to say is, hey, I hear you teach Bible class. Let me tell you about my Bible class. I'm yeah. sure someone in your congregation would help you too. Absolutely. Well, thank you for coming on. Thank uh, you for having me. Wonderful conversation. I uh, always enjoy talking with you. And um We'll, we'll post all the links that, that you mentioned. You can make sure to send them to me. Uh, we'll, we'll get all those posted in the, uh, in the, in the bio below. And so for those of you listening, thank you all so much for, for tuning in, for, for listening to what, uh, what we had to talk about today. Very important, uh, very important thing, the education of children. If you have any questions about anything that has been brought up today, any, um, comments, anything that, that you would like to reach out to us about, please, uh, listen just a little longer and you can uh, you can hear our email. You can hear how to contact us. But we appreciate you all so much. Hope you have a wonderful week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Bible Conversations. We want to ask if you have any questions, suggestions, or comments, that you please email us at kcocbibleconversations at gmail.com. You can also find us on social media. We've got a Facebook page as well as an Instagram account. Our Facebook page is very simple. It's just Bible Conversations. On Instagram, it's very simple, at Bible Conversations. Uh, Look us up, like our posts, and share it with your friends. We also have a 
an opportunity for you to help us financially through a through a store uh, via Kim's Closet. And you can find that. Uh, you can just type into Google Kim's Closet. We have a uh, we have a link as well that, that we will be uh, posting in, in each of our episodes. And we just hope that you will that you'll reach out and find us and uh, purchase a hoodie or a shirt uh, with the logo on it. And that way you can spread the word without having to say a word. So we appreciate you. Thank you all. Have a blessed week.